Another episode of Cage Side. We're back in studio. Today we have the boss man, Rob Haydack, CFFC. Great to have you, man. Pleasure to be here, man. It's awesome to, uh, you know, you're so well spoken of uh, by fighters, which I think goes to, to say a lot. Um, everybody has a lot of respect for CFFC, for yourself. Um, and then as a regional, you know, operation, you guys really are at the top level integrated with the UFC. A lot of your fighters are the ones that are migrating to the UFC, becoming some of the best fighters in that association. So great to have you, man. You know, everything good. Appreciate being here, man. Everything's good. COVID and all. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, where are you guys at right now? You guys have a show coming up in March. Yeah, so we just wrapped up this past year. Uh, we're really fortunate to get 10 fights off, uh, 10 events, I should say, this past year. Uh, we're really fortunate with that. We sort of took the first quarter off because last year was crazy and we didn't really want to work over the holidays. So we're starting this year off in March, March 11th and 12th, back-to-back events. Um, we started doing back-to-back events last year, mm-hmm. and it really worked out well. Um, a lot of our staff comes in from the West Coast, so to have them come in and be able to put on two events back to back just really made it worthwhile for us and uh the viewership numbers were really good last year so we right. want to continue that trend for this year so and you guys recently took over uh, another league or something in the south right yeah so v3 fights mm-hmm. uh out of memphis um nashville area uh nick harmeyer has always been a good friend of mine we've known each other from the mma space for a while uh nick got a new position with the memphis zoo is uh I think he's the um, director of marketing. Okay. Um, anyway, we've always stayed in touch as CFFC is really synonymous with the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And part of our mission over the next couple of years is to really branch out there and do shows all across the country. In fact, this year we're going to announce some events in, in new states that we haven't done before. Um, but Nick, Nick is a solid guy. He has a great staff, and he's got good partnerships, venue partnerships out there. So mm-hmm. uh, the timing was right, and uh, we went for it. So how does that work? Do you guys um, just kind of put your brand on it, and then the operations still kind of remain the same on like with who was producing everything over there, or are you guys completely taking over that? No, it's, it's, it's our entire team. Essentially, uh, Nick had a core of about three or four people with him that are uh, excellent people, uh, matchmakers, Jason Letterfine, so people that are going to add to the CFFC brand. But when we do shows, it will be under our brand. Okay, gotcha. Um, so before we keep on talking fights, I want to kind of take it back to early Rob days. Yep. You're a wrestler. Yes. Violin, is that yes. right? Yes. So tell me, tell me a little bit about how you grew up. Let's let's start there. Ah, grew up on a farm. In fact, I just told my wife I grew up on a farm about a week ago, and she didn't really? believe she didn't me. Know? Yeah. So I had to <laughs> I had to call some people to verify that. Um, I grew up. I, I I wrestled since I was seven years old. Um, Although my favorite sport is basketball, believe it or yeah. not, which is the same time as wrestling, so I can never play basketball um, except outside, shoot on the uh, side of the barn. But um, I, I, I wrestled all through uh, the minis, all through high school, received a uh, Division One scholarship. I went to Wagner College in New York, um, stayed there for a couple years, sort of got burned out, transferred down to Florida, um, but always, always loved the sport, um, the sacrifices that it took you know, making weight, all, all the things that you really see in MMA today. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, about 10, 11 years ago, I was doing some consulting work in Atlantic City. A gentleman was purchasing a casino. When the project was finished, he offered me a job. Um, I politely declined because I haven't worked for anybody since college. I've always been an entrepreneur. But I said, hey, I might want to put on a few fights. And he goes, 
sure, knock yourself out. And uh, I tell everybody this story to today. It wasn't until the first bell went off on the very first fight that I looked at my buddy who was sitting next to me. I said, after all these years, I think I finally found a business I might actually like. I mean, I've been in every kind of business, restaurants, hotels, mm-hmm. um, trucking. And, you know, you do it. It's a livelihood, but you're not really passionate about it. Right. MMA is different. I, I have a good understanding of what these athletes go through. Although I never went in a cage myself, I did wrestle at a high level. So I know the sacrifices, not only for the athlete, but for the family. So we try to position our shows. When the fighters come, we treat them like the professionals they are. Nice. And I think, um, you know, I think the entrepreneurship, you know, lifestyle is very similar anyway. You know, you're going through all those, like, you know, you're, you're putting yourself through a lot to get to that point where you can feel comfortable doing what you love. Yeah. So at what point do you fall in love with a sport and you think that at some point you might want to put together a, a fight card? Like where, where does it, where do you go from the wrestling world to like, do you see it, you know, do you see it on, on TV and say, all right, that's yeah, something I might so, want So I acquired uh, CFFC at show seven. Um, a good friend of mine owns CFFC, uh, his wife, uh, Felix Martinez and Amy, they, they started the brand. Okay. I had gone to a couple shows, and then I got involved with the Kimbo Slice fight up on Boardwalk Hall. I was in charge of making the Ray sure Mercer that, thing. Yes, yeah, making okay, sure yeah. tickets were sold. Did all the uh, local marketing for that. Um, very successful event, um, but they got into pay per view, um, which is another animal all in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, things didn't work out. Um, they they shut the brand down for a couple years, and as I was telling you, I had the opportunity with this casino project to do a few shows. So mm-hmm. I called Felix. Um, told him my idea and he said you know I might be interested in doing it he talked it over with wife and at the end of the day they decided not to so you know I asked him if I could buy the name from him and we drew up a contract I gave him a dollar he gave me the name and the rest is history wow so you guys put on shows mostly Atlantic City Philly Mm -hmm. what's like how you know Philly is a big fighting town so and I think your brand has very, you know, has gotten very integrated with that, with that feeling. What's kind of, is that something that you think about when you, when you think of your brand? It's, it's roots? Yeah. Um, years ago, we did uh, 2300 Arena. I think we were the first event since mm-hmm. the new owners came and we did that. And when I walked in there, you know, it just had that blood sport feeling, if yeah. you would, uh, blue collar. And I just, I, I love that environment. Don't get me wrong. I love doing shows at the Brigada in Atlantic City. But when you think of, of fighting, you think of martial arts, you think of these blue-collar guys um, going in there, putting on the line, and there's just certain atmospheres that we really look for when we go into venues. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been fortunate with our partners over the years. One of the things that separates us is our relationship with our venues. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, you want to look at a good MMA promotion, look at how long they've been in any one venue. That'll tell you a lot okay. about the promotion. Right. Nobody's kicking you out right away. <laughs> a one and done kind yeah. of deal. Um, so another another really cool thing about about CFFC is the the high you know quality fighters that you guys get in there. Yeah. How does the match you know? How, well, how how are you finding the fighters first of right. all? Like, is that are you are you integrated into that part of it, or is, do to, you have something to a, to a certain degree? Um, one of the things I, I I think I do really well is I delegate to good people, and Aries Garcia has been with me since the very first show. Um, we had never done anything together prior to CFFC, the first event. Um, we met actually at a restaurant that I own. We sat down. I talked to him for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, we hit it off. I knew he had a, a really good grasp of fighters and, and what to look for. 
and uh, he just does a tremendous job. So do I get involved? Very little. You know, I will get people that contact me directly and say, you know, we have the next greatest superstar, and right. I pass that on to Arias. But, uh, you know, it's not broken, so I'm not going to fix it. Is there something he looks for that in particular to find to find these guys that are just that diamond in the rough kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, and, and it's a great question because in the past couple of years, it's actually shifted quite a bit since our relationship with UFC Fight Pass. Mm -hmm. Historically, regional promotions live and die by ticket sales, right? right? And Our goal wasn't to get into the ticket selling business. My goal was to build a brand. And I knew eventually we'd get a distribution deal. If we did things right, we produce a good product. I knew ultimately we would get a good distribution deal. Mm -hmm. And fortunately with UFC Fight Pass, that happened. And now Arius and I, we, we, we talk about it and we're recruiting fighters from all over the country, even outside the US. And the reason being is because we have a commitment to UFC Fight Pass and mm -hmm. that's to find the best talent that's out there. So that doesn't always mean that guy's going to be local and that guy's going to sell tickets. Right. You know, and, and it's tough. You have to balance between the venue being happy because you got people in the seats mm -hmm. and then you got to keep UFC fight pass. So it's a different dynamic, but our goal is to find the best fighters mm -hmm. in the world. I would see such high level fighters with you and I would say, well, wouldn't you want to keep them and not, you know what I mean? But you guys seem proud to get them to that next level. There's no better feeling. People ask me that all the time. They're like, oh, my God, you know, Paul Felder left or Sean Brady. Like, right, right, doesn't right. that suck? And I'm like, no, it's great. It's exactly what we're here for. Okay. You know what I mean, we're the platform. You know, there's no delusions. We're not trying to compete with the UFC. And we sure as hell don't pay as well as the UFC. So when these guys get that opportunity, man, it's it's a blessing. So do you guys do con like one-off contracts pretty much just to con to see where things go? Yeah, basically? so so we have the one-off contracts. We also have multi-fight multi, multi -fight mm -hmm. deals. And the reason we do that is because we put a lot behind the brand. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously not during COVID, but prior to that, when you come to a CFFC event, you see a different level of production quality. You know, we're interviewing fighters, we're going to gyms, we're putting that money in. So a lot of times if we have a good prospect, of course we want to sign him to a multi-fight deal. And the reason behind that is because we want to build that fighter up. Right. And then when they go to UFC, it's sort of a feather in our cap and theirs as well. Plus we think we give, and we know we give, the best platform out there in regional MMA for guys to experience what it's going to be like on the next right. level. Yeah, I forget who it was that told me that... Um That when they got to the UFC, nothing felt different. Nothing felt yeah. off. And it was because you guys set it up in, in a certain way where yeah. the interviews and all that stuff, they, it's, it's really no different except yeah. just different faces, different cameras, different lights. Yeah, I mean, those, those interviews, and I know Shane Burgos gave one back in the day. Uh, same thing with Jared Gordon, all these guys. I mean, that, there, there's nothing more rewarding than when a guy goes and has the cameras in their face at the UFC And they're like, no, nah, I wasn't nervous. We're used to this. Right. So, you know, if you want to be successful at something, you emulate the people that are successful. Right. And we watch the UFC just like everybody else. And we try to do as much of what they're doing and integrate that within our show. So how did CM Punk come about? So, because um, <laughs> that's it, you know, yeah. was that after he fought in the, you know, I probably yes. should know that. that was after he fought in the UFC. Yes. Okay. So, so we were, so we were working on the, uh, um, UFC Fight Pass deal. Very good friend of mine, Dave Schaller, and I. He's with the Sixers now. He's with the UFC for almost eight years. Uh, local South Jersey guy. So we've always kept in touch. Um, periodically, he would come to one of the CFFC cards, be very complimentary. And I'm like, I like this guy. And uh, he's a family guy um, and extremely knowledgeable. So 
we were talking about UFC Fight Pass, and we knew that, yes, we, we have a good brand, but we're trying to reach an even bigger audience. Mm-hmm. And Sam Punk, I had an opportunity to meet with him. We sat down um, and really found him to be very engaging and very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people, you know, will, will come out and say, oh, well, you know, we get, we get it on social media all the time. Oh, he sucks. Why is he commentating? You know, I don't think he sucks. No, no, I, I know. He, no, I know you know, but I, I, don't, I think he does a good job. No, but you'll get, you know, you'll get these knuckleheads at local promotions and are like, oh, you know, I'm, I used to fight amateur and why is CM right, get right. that job? Well, the same people who criticize him for even fighting in the UFC. Let me tell you something. The due diligence and the knowledge that guy has and he, what he puts into every show is, is tremendous. Um, he loves it. I mean, we talk quite often. He's on a movie set right now, I think, down in the Carolinas. Okay. And he's like, I just can't wait to get back to March show. Yeah. You know, he's really passionate about it. You know, some people say, oh, well, you know, he got destroyed in MMA. Well, there's a guy who never fought on the regional level, right? right? But because of his stardom, it made sense financially for him to go right into the of UFC. Um, did he think he was going to be UFC champ? No, but he's a guy who wanted to challenge himself. Yeah. And I don't think the story was ever told properly to mm-hmm. give him his due. But I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I will tell you before I met him and you see a guy go into it, you're like, does this guy really think he can compete at that level? Right. But the more you talk to him, it was about, look, I was training. Right. You know, I'm a competitor. I wanted to test my skills. They reached out to me. They gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Why wouldn't you take it? Who wouldn't take right. that? Right. So for people to sit there and criticize him, I mean, it's, it's, it's he, he really seemed like he tried to do everything right. Yeah. He really wanted to prove something to himself, nobody else. He didn't care about, I mean, he was, I'm sure he got the the highest level of hate you can get on social media. But uh, he that did means it. you're doing something right. Exactly. So right? you got to be hated or loved, right? <laughs> yes. you, you can't, nobody can not care otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was a, a, a bold choice on your, you know, on your end. And I think it adds a flair to it. And I think it's cool. And I think he gets better with every He's with every such part. a great addition to the team. Him, John Morgan, uh, Mike Gill, we use periodically as well. These guys are just really good, but what, what impresses me the most is leading up to the event. They're reaching out to fighters. They're not being told to do that. They do that on right. their own. And when you watch these guys being interviewed, you know they appreciate it. I mean, he brings a huge viewership to do our Do you guys promotion. do the fighter interviews like pre-fight? Pre, pre uh, not during COVID. We okay. haven't. Um, okay. They're doing it, well, they're doing it virtual. So, mm. you know, they'll reach out to the guys. They'll get on a Zoom call or something like that. But they will ask them a little bit of background. Okay. That's great. Yeah, I think that that, that serves a lot during the yeah. during the broadcast. Um, so the, the Fight Pass deal, you guys just signed one recently again, right? Yeah. So our, our original agreement wasn't up until the end of 2021. Okay. Um, we had a pretty good year last year. Um, so we renewed early. They asked us if we wanted to renew early. So we got another three-year deal. Awesome. So you know, there's nobody else, right, in that same boat as far as uh, that? Um, not sure. Not sure. People ask me all the time, you know, you worried about this promotion, that promotion. Honestly, we really don't. You just focus you know? on your own thing. Yeah, I get, you know, people ask me all the time. I, I'll tell you who I respect locally. I respect Ring of Combat. Okay. Um, they've got a rich tradition, history. Lou's model is different than ours. Mm-hmm. I know Lou personally. Um, he's a passionate guy, and I respect him because he's been in martial arts. Mm-hmm. So he understands what an athlete goes through, similar to myself. Right. You know, the people that get into the sport and have no appreciation of what these athletes go through drives me up the wall. Yeah, oh, I can see. I mean, especially when, when, you, when you have that background, it's hard for you to see other people just doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So, um, so out of all the fighters, you know, 
give me your. Uh, I know you can't pick, so let me. Let me. I'll pick. Let me, well, you know, give, me, give me. Well, give me your top. You know, your top five guys that have come gone from you to the UFC in your. You know, in your opinion, the best <sighs> of the best. Well, he's fighting for a title, so you got to say Aljamain Sterling. No, no questions asked. And he's a, he's a great example for us to use when people say, "Oh, you know, you're just trying to sell tickets and stuff like this." Aljamain did not have a big following okay. coming up. Um, but he started winning so many fights. He won our title. His pay continued to increase, but he wasn't really a ticket seller, but we knew he was special. Okay. We knew he had that it factor. And I wish I knew how to go back through my social media, but when he got signed to the UFC, I predicted that he would be fighting for the title one day. And I said he very well could be the first CFFC champ and then turn into the UFC champ. Um, and I think that's going to come to fruition, okay. you know, a few weeks from now. Um, man, there's so many good fighters. Um, you know, when you look at Paul Felder and what he's done, uh, Paul commentated for us too. So that mm -hmm. was pretty cool to see him um, and, and especially what he's doing today. I mean, he's great he, at commentating. How he fought for us is exactly how he's fighting in the UFC. He did not care who he was fighting. The answer was always yes. And uh, he put it on the line each and every time out. Um, most dominant. You probably have to look at two welterweights. I'd have to look at Lyman Good, what he did in our organization, as well as Sean Brady. Um, Sean is another one I have no doubts about. It's going to be a UFC champion. Let's talk about Sean, okay. who I can't seem to get on the show because he never answers anything. Uh, I, I can make that happen. Everybody says they can. You better be the one. It's so funny. No, he, he's so skilled. But what I find more interesting is that every fighter who sat there brings him up. Yeah. Oh, like the level of respect for his hard work is awesome to hear. Yeah. Like everybody just says that's the guy. That's the captain of the of the of the gym. That's the guy we all think is, you know, is going to be at the top. It's yeah. it, that's really cool. So there's something special about him that maybe people haven't even seen it's, yet. It's, it's not even the fighting, it's his work ethic. Okay. Really that's what stands out and I think that's what people gravitate towards Sean for. Um, I was blessed a few months back. I've known Sean since his first fight. I, I I'm Going like this, he like, that he's little. Little, like he's a little kid. Um, I knew him from his amateur days. I knew him from Paul Felder. And I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy's tough. So I used to wrestle a little bit back in the gym, yeah. um, you know, many years ago when I was first starting off. And I, and I still felt good. And You still uh, mix it up with the fighters once in a while? or Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. You got to preserve the I body. Right? I can't walk for a couple days <laughs> unless it's Eddie Tour. I saw I you like in a gi recently with Eddie. Okay. Yes. All right. Is that because your daughter is starting to? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Eddie, Ed, Eddie's a good friend, great guy, but yeah. we, we like to break chops. Yeah, I saw you in a photo with a gi or something. I don't know. Yeah, the guy, him <laughs> and Pat Sabatini beat me up. But anyway, <laughs> with, with Sean, I've known for so many years. And um, I guess it was man, almost a year ago now. He knew he was close to getting to the UFC. Mm -hmm. He asked my opinion, should he fight again on the regional level? And I said no. And then uh, a month later, we came back and he asked if I would represent him. So I've had the privilege of watching and negotiating his UFC contract. Gotcha. He recently got a new contract. Um, so that's why I said we'll get him on the show. Um, so he recently <laughs> got a new contract. And I think the UFC is quickly realizing he doesn't say no to fights. You know, he's got that Philadelphia Paul Felder mentality. Yep. Yep. Um, Eddie Alvarez is a training partner of him. And uh, Sean, Sean is something special. That's awesome. Well, I'm pumped to see him, you know, continue growing in the UFC. And I think everybody locally feels the same way. Yeah. What's next for, you know, what's in the next? I know you got some fights lined up. You're going to keep on expanding. Yeah. That's the goal. Yep. The contract's there. Actually, 
so the the fighters that fight through UFC, uh, FFC, do you guys also rep rep them during that time period and negotiate their contracts in the UFC, or just like no. a Sean Brady situation? No, they're one offs. And honestly, it's I only work with people that are local. Um, if okay. if they don't have proper management or any management, I should say at all. Um, you know, it's just because I want to see them do well. Mm -hmm. You know, I was fortunate growing up and in my wrestling career, people helped me, um, never put their hand out, just, just did it, you know, for the sake of doing something good. And I try to give that back. And, you know, I helped Paul Felder out early in his career. Um, he's got great management now. Um, you know, I, I help out a bunch of guys. Um, but anything on the local level, you know, I just, I, I stay out of it because of the obvious conflict. Is that like, a, um, right. Um, is that a make it or break it for fighters' careers a lot of times, having the wrong management early on? Um, or does it not impact them too much until they get to the big leagues? You know, it's tough to say because there, there are some good ones out there. The problem with this sport so many times with promoters and managers, the barrier to entry doesn't exist. Right. And, and I'm not sitting here saying you need a law degree to be a good manager. But don't you an MBA? Or some you, other sports? Yes, you do. And I think ultimately it'll, it'll get to that point. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, I, there, there's some managers that, you know, don't have a huge degree, but they're just the greatest people to work with. Right. You know, so, you know, I just think there needs to be there needs to be something, of course, whether the UFC gets involved at the apex and brings brings them in. You know, I've seen so many good fighters on the regional level have assholes as managers, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Arias and I will talk all the time. You just don't want to deal with them. Right. You don't care how good the fighter is. It's, it's, it's a shame because their managers, you know, they, they, they talk like they're... So do they get put on the shelf, basically, just because you, you can't well, deal we just, with it? we wish them well and tell them to go fight somewhere else. It's just not a good fit. Um, if you look at CFFC historically, you look at the... Uh, the fighters that we use, especially here in the Northeast, you know, Nick Catones, mm -hmm. Daniel Gracie, Dante Rivera, you know, we tend to gravitate towards the schools that have great coaches and have good managers representing the fighters. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Nick Catone, he handles all his fighters. Okay. So you talk about calling a guy and knowing that the guy is going to show up, make weight, get his medicals done, and he's, they're going to act professional. I mean, that's why we gravitate towards those guys. Right, that makes sense. Um, we were—I was talking recently to somebody about uh, weight cutting and all that stuff, and showing up, not making weight, how that looks. Um, I made the, 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 you know, the comparison that it's like showing up late to work, right? You know, yeah. it, at some point you just get fed up with it. What's your thoughts on that? Because I mean, it seems like it's almost strategic these days to either lose, you know, yeah. you know not make the weight, and yeah. what's—I mean, it, it looks yeah, bad, so, right? So. I, ton of experience with making weight because of the wrestling right you know so since seven years old i've never had less than 30 matches in a year so you're talking about making weight all that all those times so you know i understand i understand how important it is i also do sympathize with certain guys that you know are trying but the weight just won't come off because mm -hmm. i've been there before you know there's just certain times where the body stops sweating um you know there's there's a bunch of reasons but if it happens multiple times then then clearly you have a problem i think there's simple solutions that could be instituted and it's very simple you miss weight the first time okay you get a slap on the wrist you miss it a second time right you can't fight for six months okay right. you miss it a third time you're forced to go up a weight class okay like and that. then you have to get 
medically cleared by a doctor to say you can go down to the next weight class after you've competed a few times. But right now, there's no penalties. Right. You know, and there's no database for regional promotions to say, oh, hey, by the way, the guy that you have on your card, he's missed weight for me two times, and you just happen to be in a new promotion. Happens all the time. You right. know, it's not till after the fact that we go, this guy came in eight pounds overweight. Like, you know, and I'll, yeah. first thing I do is yell at Arius, Arius, where did you get this guy? Right, right, right. You know, and then you do some due diligence and you find out this guy's been missing weight his whole career. Those people are a problem. Right, right. Yeah, no, if, you're, if, you're, if your body just stops, you know, sweating, I mean, you can't really be mad at somebody like that. that, that yeah, person's... it's, it's going to happen eventually to everyone at some point. Right. Um, but if it becomes chronic, then you're at the wrong weight class. Right. Yeah, I just think it looks, I mean, some certain people, you know, the Mike Perry's or there's some people that like, you're like, come on, you made it before Like you're, uh, there's something happening in the training, in the train, you know, in the, in the camp where you, you maybe weren't, you know, I don't I mean to call him saw, out. There, I actually got sent a report by uh, Nick Lumbo, our, our commissioner in New Jersey was showing me that a report was done and there's been more missed weight since the early weigh-ins in the morning mm-hmm. i found that i found that interesting because i would think most guys would want to do it the night before get fairly close and then you know go to sleep somewhat close to on weight right so what do you what are your what do you think that is i have no clue i have no clue I, it's timing um you know i i've been to ufc events and i see these different companies out there that help with weight loss and all that mm-hmm. and you know it's great. There's there's a science. Yes, you eat this. You, your water intake is this, and you yeah. should weigh this. Right. At the end of the day, it comes down to the fighter's mental, right. uh, you know, ability to say, you know what, I'm going to grind through it because the last couple pounds is going to be a grind. And you can be a medical expert. You can be a nutritionist. It's right. not going to help you. Right. You need somebody there. You need a teammate, a coach, somebody to push you, you know, right. to get through it mentally and doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, so. Somehow, Algermain Sterling reminded me quickly to, to ask you about um, about Corey Sanhagen, yeah, and then this weekend, Frankie yeah. Edgar. What do you think about that, man? That was shocking. Yeah, Frankie. Frankie's just such a good good person. Uh, forget about fighter. I mean, he's a he's yeah. an instant uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, it was man, so that was, quiet was, in that room, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's the apex, so it's already quiet and. Uh, you know, I actually worried about serious injury. Of course. You know, especially, I think, was Frankie 39 now? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, he's had an incredible career. If you know Frankie, Frankie's not going to say he's retired. He's not yeah. going to go out that way. Um, I personally would love to see him get another fight against another veteran. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then maybe, you know, call it quits. Yeah. You know, I hate seeing guys fight in their 40s. You yeah. know, not everybody's Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, can't yeah, compete. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. That's a different sport for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah it was just, a, it was, just, it was sad. He looked great. I thought he looked, you know, he looked really, yeah. really ready. But, you know, St. Hagen's, it's, it's uh, MMA, man. It, and it, shit happens. That can happen and, to anybody. Yep. You know, and, and it's, it's easy to sit back and, and, you know, say, well, this person could, I mean, at a blink of an eye, you know, somebody's career changes direction. You know, that, right. that is why, you know, the sport is so compelling to people. Course, On any exciting. given night, anything could happen. Exactly. Um, you want to talk about this weekend's fights a little bit? Sure. All right. So I think this is a good card. You tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Yes. What do you think about that fight? Because obviously these guys have trained together. Yep. I'm not a huge fan of Usman. Yeah. He bores me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, he's obviously, you know, extremely talented. Um, Gilbert Burns, I get a little more excited about. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first, I think Sean Brady beats both of them. Boom. 
Um, I like that. But if I were, if I were, I would, I, you know, I'm, go, I'm definitely going with uh, Gilbert in yep. this fight because I think he's, he's been a martial artist for so many years. He's grinded it out. He's always improved. Mm-hmm. He's a very humble guy. Um, Usman, you know, I don't want to say he's boring. Um, I'm not ever going to say a professional fighter is boring. Um, but he has a certain strategy in his mm-hmm. fights to wear guys down. He's gotten away with it. Um, I don't know if he's going to get away with that with Gilbert. Right. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And when he fought Burns. Covington, I was like, all right, thank you, Usman. Yeah. I, know, I know you have it in there. And, you know, but you're right. He chooses to do the smart thing. You know, listen, it's like Mayweather, right? Floyd Mayweather. That was a genuine hate. And I think that little street fighter came out a little bit yeah. in him i'd love to see more of that because obviously he's extremely talented mix it up a little bit you know show yeah. show both you can do both you know yeah. at that level so um so you have gilbert burns yes. i think i'm gonna go with you on that uh macy barber versus alexa grasso barber see i don't know i mean that's i think that's uh, she's got to be the favorite i would assume uh grasso looks good man i yeah. think no I, macy no. barber's tough i know i yeah. know i know um, that's going to be a good one. Uh, Gaslam versus uh, Ian Heinish, which I can never pronounce the name. Yeah. I'm excited to see Gaslam fight. I am, I am, I am too. Um, Heinish is tough. I know. Uh, Heinish. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to say Gaslam because I feel like Gaslam, uh, his, last, his last fight, just I think that's not the outcome he was hoping for, and it was so quick, and, you know. Mm. I want to see the Gaslam versus Izzy Gaslam. It's not bad. I mean, we're we're three fights in. You've only picked one right so far. So. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Pedro Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, because he's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm just gonna. Oh, go he that. came through CFFC. And CFFC. So, there's that connection. Man, when he touches you with that right hand, yeah. You know, but Munoz, it's, it's it's MMA. I'm not betting the house, but I'm I'm gonna put a few bucks on Jimmy. All right, all right. I'm with you on that one. So that, that's there two for me. Go. That's two for me. Uh, Pitolo versus Marquez. I don't I don't know these guys honestly. Maki is another one. Uh, CFFC hits so hard. Um, I go with Maki in that one. Maki. Yeah. I'm gonna write your train. That back. way I can get three. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to compare after after the fights. Well, it's been great to have you, man. Thank you for coming. You know, appreciate it. Anytime, anytime you guys want to talk about, uh, come on and talk about the fights coming up. I would love to have you. Sounds good. Appreciate Thank you. It, Thank you. Yep.